Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today we have a very special episode for you. I shared over the last month or so that Compassion is a new partner with the show. And I mistakenly assumed that everybody knows what Compassion is because I've been such an advocate of Compassion and Global Orphan Care for such a long time. But what I have realized is maybe I jumped ahead of myself a little bit. So I thought what we do today is kind of back up a little bit and just talk about what compassion is, who compassion is, what they're doing across the world. So I invited my friend Lori Robertson from Compassion onto the show to just answer some questions and give us some insights. So Lori, welcome so much to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Rachel, I'm so excited to join you today and Love talking about compassion and sharing the story and the impact. And so I just appreciate you giving the opportunity and your passion to take care of the children that compassion serves. I mean, I think the reason why I was so excited about a partnership with compassion is because it gives me an opportunity to marry the podcasting space with this missional heart that God has given me and how much I care about vulnerable children. So I love just the opportunity to work with compassion, but For those of our listeners that maybe are brand new to Compassion or are vaguely familiar, could you just tell us a little bit about what Compassion is, how it got started, and just, you know, maybe a general overview of the organization itself? Yes, absolutely. So we're we're a global nonprofit focused on releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. That is that is our mission. And For over 70 years, that's what we've been doing. Compassion started with a really neat story. And in 1952, a pastor from Chicago named Everett Swanson went to minister to the soldiers in the Korean War. And he was in South Korea doing that. And one morning he saw a truck going through the streets and Men would get out and they would pick up what looked like piles of rags and they would throw them in the back of the truck and move on. And he got a little closer to see what was going on and realized that those soldiers were gathering up street children who had not survived the cold and the night. There was an entire generation of children orphaned by this Korean War and when he was, as he was traveling home, he just couldn't get that out of his mind. And he's, he's traveling on a plane in 1952 with propellers. And in the noise of the propellers, he felt like God was asking him, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so when he came back to the United States, he started sharing about this experience in Korea as he was preaching and as he was doing revivals and generous Christians came to him and said, we want to help. And so they donated to help provide food and fuel and shelter for these orphans in Korea. 
And the response was such that it grew in a way only God could have orchestrated. And that little beginning began what became a one-to-one sponsorship program that has been going on for over 70 years now. We had our 70th anniversary last year. And in the last year, Compassion has served over 2.3 million children. And we work in 29 countries around the world in over 8,600 through over 8,600 local church partners. And the core of our ministry is a one-to-one child sponsorship program that is all focused on breaking that cycle of poverty, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Wow, that's incredible. I did not know that. I mean, I've long followed Compassion, but I did not know the roots of how that got started. And I love how, you know, one of the things that we we talk about on the show a lot is the impact that we can make as individuals. And I love how we see this impact 2.3 million children later is because of how God not just moved on someone's heart, but the obedience that happened after that. And that's an incredible testimony to just God's heart for these kids. I think one of the things that I think might be helpful for you to share is what makes compassion different? Like what, there are lots of different, you know, charities and organizations this time of year, people are bombarded with, you know, there was just Giving Tuesday and Lots of, lots of voices in our ears. And I think even for me on the podcast over the last year, I have had different organizations that I've partnered with, but I personally just love the approach that Compassion does. But could you share a little bit about Compassion's approach and why that's different from other organizations? Yes. So we center ourselves ourselves around what we call the three C's, and that is Christ-centered, church-driven, and child focus. Those really are the differentiators and the guiding principles for everything that we do. Everything really does start and was born out of a desire to share the love of Jesus in practical ways with children around the world and help them come to know him, have the opportunity to respond to the gospel and have the opportunity to grow in their faith. Every child who comes into the compassion program does not have to be a Christian, but they do have the opportunity to get a Bible in their own language and to learn about Jesus and to respond to the gospel and to grow in their faith. So Christ really is the very center of what we do. The second differentiator is that we are church driven. If you go and visit a project in El Salvador or in Ethiopia or any of the places we work around the world, those 29 countries I mentioned, you often won't see a compassion logo unless you go into the program director's office at the church. We come alongside local churches who frankly are already doing everything they can to serve the children in their community. But we come alongside them with a, with additional financial resources and programming resources that help them do more and be more effective in what they are already doing. One of the most striking things you would ever experience, at least what I've experienced when I'm, when I've visited projects in the field is these incredible people at these churches who are giving their entire lives to help the children in their community and compassion just makes that possible on a bigger scale and with greater, more lasting impact. And then the last thing we are is child focused. We 
served 2.3 million children last year, as I shared with you. But each one of those children were served in an individual way. The, the physical, mental, and spiritual help and curriculum for them delivered based on their unique circumstances, their physical needs and circumstances, their cultural and their family and home situation, their talents and their goals and what they want to do and what they dream of doing and being with their lives. The program is developed on a global scale, but it's applied in an individual way to help every child grow and develop and become what what God created him or her to uniquely be. And so church-driven, child-focused, and all Christ-centered, that that really guides everything we do and the way we do it. You know, I love that so much because just from my own experience working around the globe in different countries, you can recognize that sometimes the spiritual needs are different from country to country. Or, and of course, the, the needs of the child might be different in community or, you know, one community might be different than another. And so I love that there is this customized, basically almost like a customized approach based off of what that community needs or what those children need. And who better to do that than the local church? I think, yes. you know, sometimes what we see is, especially when I've taken people on the mission field, we would travel. And especially if it's their first time, they think that they're coming over and they're going to be the ones that are just going to, they're going to serve these kids and they're going to make this impact. And while a measure of that is true, they really end up walking away feeling so blessed because they meet the people in the field that are like, really doing the work. And we see that God has already raised people up to do this work, you know, national people, but it's that empowerment and that encouragement and that support that comes alongside of the church, I think is so valuable. And I also love the fact, of course, that it's Christ-centered because I think another thing, another trap that I see a lot of times is when it's just maybe like an evangelism program and there will be organizations that will, you know, really, really focus on maybe a salvation message, like a, a big event or something, but then they pull out of the area. And I'm a firm believer. What I say on the podcast all the time is that God doesn't call us to make converts. He calls us to make disciples. And so that discipleship mm -hmm. aspect is so important when it comes to long-term transformation. So I think the other question that that leads me to, and you touched on this a little bit, is the holistic care attitude or approach, because it's not just going and giving a kid the gospel and walking away. Right. How does compassion intervene in the life of a child? And what does that look like holistically? Yes, it really is a mind, body, spirit approach. It When a child becomes part of the compassion program, they are evaluated. Their physical health is evaluated. And we make sure that they have any medical care they need. They have the nutrition that they need so that they can develop and grow. We know, especially with, with young, young children, if children and infants are not given adequate nutrition, their brains never fully develop in the way they need to. And that lack then impacts everything that's possible moving forward. So we are making sure they have everything they need from a physical aspect, healthy food, health care, clean water, so that they can be physically strong. We help them develop mentally and, and by providing, you know, it's it's hard to imagine here in the United States, but in much of the world, children do not have access to 
quality education without a fee. And many of the communities we serve, the parents are working and doing everything they can, hopefully, to put a meal on the table tonight. The idea of paying school fees and uniforms and transportation to send a child to school, it's just not a possibility for a lot of the families and children around the world. And when they're part of the Compassion Program, they have access to free quality education. You know, one of the big impactors in a child's life is whether or not that child learns to read. And what we've found looking back at the children that have been in the in the Compassion Program, those children are 40% more likely to finish secondary education, 80% more likely to have the opportunity to go to university or trade school, and then 70 or 75% more likely to become leaders in their church and in their community. It really is a long-term, we are, we are absolutely addressing immediate needs. And sometimes the love of Jesus looks like a meal, looks like food for today. But then we also are making sure they have the opportunity to go to school, to learn a trade, to get to a place where they can be self-sustaining and they can help their families move forward and move out of poverty and all under the covering of introducing them in tangible ways and intangible ways to the help and hope of Jesus and the opportunity to learn the gospel and to walk it out and to grow and develop in their faith. And then they, then they are the disciples in their families and in their communities. So the impact really ripples so far beyond, but it starts with one child. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love what you said, that sometimes the love of Jesus looks like a meal because that's the reality of it, where the areas that these kids are living in. I mean, that really is the reality of it. And then I think the flip side of that is, yes, while right now we have to deal with the present pressing needs, this is also a long-term strategy. When you're talking about releasing children from poverty, that is a long-term strategy. So could you just talk a little bit about what that looks like? And and also, what is Compassion seeing as far as the impact over that long-term strategy? Yes. The one thing that is interesting is it used to be that Compassion had sort of an age-focused completion plan for the program, sort of like, you know, you, for us, you know, you get to be 18 and you're an adult and you finish college and you move on kind of a, uh, an age focused. Now we've moved to an outcome focused model. And so now the kids are finishing the program anywhere between 18 to 24, depending on what they can do and what they want to do to move into a viable career, whether for some that's university, for some that is learning a trade, for some that is starting a small business. But we are, we are not saying you're 18 years old, you've graduated now, you know, go forth and, and conquer. We are saying you stay with us until we know you can be self-sustaining and you have the opportunity to finish your degree and go into a field. You've learned this learned a trade, you've had the opportunity to start the business. It really is breaking the cycle of poverty, releasing children from poverty in Jesus name means seeing them to the point where they can make a living and create a different life, a different family than where they were as children. 
I love that so much because what we know just even within like the foster care system in the United States is so often if that cutoff happens at 18 years old, there's a high likelihood of the fact that they're going to regress or they're not going to have successful outcomes. And so that idea of really focusing on the outcome instead of the age, I think is so impactful and so necessary for really, truly breaking the cycle. I, I love that aspect of it. You know, one of the things I thought might be helpful was for you to share maybe just some of your personal experience. I know you went to El Salvador in September. So could you just share a little bit about that trip and what you were able to experience when you went? So I went with a group to El Salvador in September. And typically the way a compassion vision trip, as we call them, works is that over the course of three or four days, you have the opportunity to visit three or four different compassion programs and really see the breadth of the program from when we intervene in the earliest of lives through sort of the school age kids and then have the opportunity to meet children who are in kind of the final stages of the program and also alumni who show the picture of everything we hope when we enter a child into the program And when I was in El Salvador on the third day, we visited a church and had the opportunity to, to visit with school age and young adult teenage children in the program. And we had the opportunity. I was with a group that walked a few blocks and visited the home of a sponsored child. And in this instance, this family had a really close tie to compassion. The, the father was not in the picture. The mother actually works at the church. She is one of the cooks who who provides the meals and the snacks for the children in the program. And I met the most captivating young woman. She's 20 years old. Her name is Henesis. And she has grown up in the Compassion Program and now is studying in university. She's studying business and she wants to When she graduates, she wants to use that degree at her church. That's her dream. And they shared that this young woman wore glasses. And earlier on in her childhood, she was struggling with her schooling. And it turned out that was because she couldn't see well. And because of the compassion program, she had the opportunity to get glasses, which seemed like such a small thing. But how does a child learn if she can't read what the teacher is is teaching. And so when we got back, walked back to the church, a few of us said, does she have a sponsor? And it turned out she doesn't, she didn't currently have a sponsor. And so I asked if I could sponsor her. And one of the coolest experiences of my life was having the opportunity to, I've never met a child I sponsor. I sponsor two little boys, one in Ethiopia and one in the Philippines now, and I've never had the opportunity to meet them. But I had the opportunity to hold the packet with her picture on it, walk back into the church and tell her and her mother that I sponsored her that day. And she started crying and her mother cried. And Hennessy said to me, why would you sponsor me? Why did you decide to sponsor me? And I said, Jesus is so apparent in every word you say, every smile, you you have been chosen, you have been nurtured in this program. God is doing something incredible 
in your life. And I would love the opportunity to be part of it. And she and I have already exchanged letters and we will continue to exchange letters. And I will have a small opportunity to speak love and light and hope and possibility into her heart through the letters we'll exchange. It's just a moment I'll never, I will never forget the feeling of meeting her. And it comes back to me every time I get to write her. You know, that moves me to tears. Like I'm teary eyed just thinking about that as a mom, how impactful that must have been to be able to speak to this other mom and what that must have felt like for them and just the incredible, incredible impact a sponsor can make on the life of a child or a student that is in a vulnerable situation. You know, there is an opportunity. I love the fact that there's an opportunity for sponsors to engage with the children. They're not just throwing money at an organization, but they're really developing a relationship with these students. What is some of the impact that you have seen sponsors make on sponsored children? You know, as I was preparing for our conversation, I wanted to get sort of fresh information and correct information. And I saw that in the last year, sponsors have written 1.3 million letters to their children. And as a sponsor, you get at least two letters each year from your sponsored child. But if you write them, they always write back. And it is that one-to-one relationship where you you get to mentor them. You get to love on them. And I was, last month, you interviewed one of our incredible alumni, a young man named Jay Biro from Kenya. And Jay's story, as you know, is is so incredible and so impactful. And I was at an event where Jay spoke just the, a week or so ago, and something struck me that I'd never keyed on before. But I know now I've heard at least three of our alumni, our graduates from the program say what I heard Jay say the other day, which was that the first person in his life who said, I love you was his sponsor through these letters. And honestly, that as a mom, that's unbelievable to me, but different cultures approach things differently. And the fact is, if you are in absolute survival mode as a mom and you're doing everything you can to care for your children, to feed them and clothe them and keep them safe, and it's not always enough, I don't imagine you can think of anything beyond that. So the idea of being focused on making sure they know they are seen and loved, that's going to take a backseat, I would assume to safety and security and survival. And I just, I love the idea of possibly being the one who on a consistent basis is saying to Henesis and to Eugene and Dokimas that I sponsor, I love you. God loves you. God sees you. And I am grateful to be part of the incredible story he's writing for you. Oh, that's so incredible. That's so powerful. I know when Jay said that, it struck me. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I never would have thought of that. So when he said that when we were talking the other day, it was like the first time I ever heard the words I love you was from a sponsor. I thought, 
number one, how sad is that? But number two, what an incredible privilege mm. to yeah. love somebody with the love of Christ and be able to speak love into a child's life. It's just an incredible opportunity that God gives us. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things I want to share. And then I would like you to maybe give us some data that we can maybe just kind of get some ways to wrap our mind around some some of the data, because I think that's helpful. But there's two things I wanted to mention. One of the th- things that we are doing as an organization on the Hearing Jesus podcast, well, there's two things. The first is that the tithe of the show is now going to compassion. And so there's a, a fun project that we're giving towards. But then also we've made it our goal to sponsor 15 kids every month. And the hope, I think we're at 19 right now. And so the hope is that we get uh, more and even more than that. But but we're trying to do this in a manageable way. But sometimes there might be people that are a little bit afraid of a long-term commitment because when we are signing on to sponsor a child, it is a relationship. It's not just, you know, here's a one-time donation. And so on top of the fact that there is this kind of mentorship relationship that's able to happen through the letters, sometimes I think that can be scary for maybe people that are older or just unsure of their finances. And so one of the things you told me the other day that were really helpful was you can sponsor an older child and a mm-hmm. child that's closer to offboarding because yeah. it's less of a time commitment, but also sometimes it's harder to get those that age sponsored. I know that's what Jay shared was because he was a little bit older. It was a little bit harder for him to get a sponsor. But I think that's a really great opportunity for maybe people that are a little bit nervous about that. So I wanted to mention that. And then also, this is something that we just enacted this week that I just love, love, love. People that have been listening to the podcast for a while know that part of my background is missional. I've worked in lots of different countries, but I cut my teeth missionally in Kenya. And one of the programs that I helped start there was an anti-trafficking program because we all know that when children are living in poverty and when people are living in vulnerable situations, there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of things that happen. And so I worked to help start some anti-trafficking campaigns and programs because I knew there was such a high instance of that. And so one of the things that I had really been excited about was when you go to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus, we have pulled out the first hundred kids are in incredibly vulnerable situations, either because of where they live or their family situations. Because my heart is always go like, even with the outreach ministries I've done, it's always where are the kids that nobody else is reaching. And, and it's not that compassion isn't reaching them. They are. But if there's a way that we as a show can come alongside the most vulnerable children, I want to jump at that opportunity. And so maybe you could just kind of touch base if you have any thoughts on that and then maybe lead into sharing some of the data around some of the stuff we talked about today. Yeah, we that highly vulnerable child designation that you and I have talked about and now we've focused on your sponsorship goal for the month. Those children, either because of where they live because of their family circumstance, or in some instances, because of physical needs or special needs, they are especially vulnerable to violence, abuse, or exploitation. And as moms in the U.S., it's really hard to imagine if someone came to you and said, I will take your daughter and we will go to this place where she will be able to go to school and earn money 
to give her a better opportunity and send money home to help you. We would just, we would be so skeptical that that would just never be a consideration. But if you are a mom in a desperate place where any lifeline looks like it could be the right thing, you might make a decision like that. And one of the best things about compassion beyond the physical, beyond the spiritual is that our focus on children, we call it known, loved, and protected. Each child is known, seen as an individual. Each child is loved by the people around them and introduced to the love of Jesus. And each child is protected. And one of the benefits of sponsorship is that these children, they, the women and pastors and teachers at the church that serves them, they know them. And if they don't see that child, they go check on that child. They go to the home. They go find that child because that child is theirs. They have been given responsibility for that child. And these people give their lives every day to protect these children. And so it is our goal and it is our focus to protect these children, to protect these precious lives God has entrusted to us. And so the idea that you're inviting your audience to come alongside, especially to step into the gap for children who are in particularly vulnerable situations, what a fabulous mission and what a fabulous aim, especially as we near Christmas, to be able to know Mm -hmm. that children are getting news through their church, that a sponsor has chosen them, and that we are coming alongside them, coming alongside their mothers, their grandmothers, the the women in their lives who are doing everything they can to help them. And we are bridging the gap to help them do that, to provide from them for them now and give them the very best opportunity to step into the incredible story God has for them. Oh, that's so powerful. I'm so thankful that Compassion is doing what they're doing and working where they're working. Yes. I, I think one of the things that, and the last things I, I want to talk about is just the credibility. You know, I think there's a lot of, if I think through barriers and if I think through just even if this was my first time learning about compassion, one of the questions I would have is, how do I know my money is where you say it's going to go? Like, what's the credibility there? And I know that when you had shared some data with me, it was, I mean, I'm already a hook, line and sinker. I already bought into the mission and the vision. But I think it builds on that and it helps people that may be in that space to understand it a little bit better. Yes, absolutely. So we do have the highest financial integrity and credibility and accountability. If you go to Charity Navigator or any of the organizations that really take a take a sharp look at nonprofits and charity organizations, Compassion consistently has the highest ratings and we have the highest ratings of any organization of our kind. And we are committed that 80% of every dollar at a minimum goes to the programs, goes to help the children through the local churches, just as in, in the programs that we've talked about. And there are years that we outpace that, that it's 84% or 89%. The remainder is always, as you would imagine, the administrative costs, the marketing costs, the fundraising costs to to attract those donors and sponsors so that we can do the missional work. But absolutely, I would encourage anyone to do your homework, 
we publish every year an accountability report that shares all of that data. You know, we're required. We follow all of the governmental requirements and we go above and beyond because there are, unfortunately, organizations and people that aren't always what they say they are and they're not always doing what they say they're doing. And so we want to be above and beyond transparent so that any questions are answered, any in and just just the utmost visibility to everything that we're doing so that you can trust that we are doing the work we're doing with these children, that the money, any money you give as a donation, as a sponsorship, it is going to help not just the children we say we're helping, but it's going to help the child that you have a one-to-one relationship with. You have their picture, you know where they are, and you exchange letters with them. It, um, it is making the impact we say it's making, and we welcome any sort of scrutiny to prove that and to just give your audience comfort and confidence when they come al- alongside us and come alongside you in this work because it is making a difference and we want to serve even more children next year. Well, I love that because one of the things that's really important to me on the show, but just even personally is being a good steward of the people and the finances that God blesses us with. And I feel good about compassion, but I want other people to feel good about compassion, just even as they support the show and, you know, and if they make the decision to sponsor a child. So could you share if somebody wants to sponsor a child, what's the best way to do it? And I know we have our links in the show notes. And then yep. what's that process look lo- looks like? What happens after that? Yes, absolutely. So there are a couple of different things you can do. And I want to I want to cover just reinforce the details. Sponsorship is $43 a month and that helps provide the financial support and the program, this holistic program for these children so that each sponsored child has healthcare as they need it. They have nutritious food. They have access to clean water. They have the opportunity to go to a free quality school. And it's all delivered through their local church, through people in their community, where they are introduced to the love of Jesus and given the opportunity to respond to the gospel. They're given a Bible in their own language. And when you sponsor, you have two choices. If you want, you can go to compassion.com slash hearing Jesus. When you go there, you will see children from all over the world. As Rachel said, the first hundred children featured on that page are children who have that highly vulnerable designation because of their situation where they are. They are particularly vulnerable to violence, abuse, or exploitation. You also can search for a boy or girl. One of the boys, the young boy I sponsor from Ethiopia, his birthday is the same as my son's. And so if you have a date or a location that's specific to you, you want a boy or a girl, you have the opportunity to choose a child there. Then you can also text hearing Jesus to 83393. That's just text the word hearing Jesus to 83393. And when you do, you will get back a photo of a child who's waiting for a sponsor today. And then there's a link right there that you can click and sponsor that child. If you have Apple Pay, it literally takes 15 seconds. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. One of the things that we always do at the end of the show is pray. And so I was wondering if you would pray for listeners that 
not just that God would move on their hearts for the vulnerable children that Compassion works with, but they would recognize that we serve a God that chooses us, that knows us, that loves us and protects us, and that they would get that message that this isn't just about the children of Compassion, but this is about us too. Absolutely. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to chat with my friend, Rachel. Thank you for her heart for children all around the world and the hearts of her listeners who also care about children. Father, we are in a season where we we are waiting for our Savior and we celebrate the birth of Jesus that changed everything. And you've chosen each one of us to be your beloved children. You've given us the right as heirs to the King. And we are so thankful for all that this season means in our hearts and in our lives and all the ways that you, you have blessed us and you've given us the opportunity to be a blessing for others. And so I just pray that for, for all of us and for all of your children, that you will flood your love down to us and that we will let it flow through us to be a light, especially all year long, but especially at this season where we celebrate your birth. Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us more than we can understand that you chose each one of us, that you speak light and love into our lives every single day. And we just want to be a reflection of that. Father, thank you. Thank you for choosing us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm thankful for the work that you're doing and the work that Compassion is doing across the globe. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for the time. Thank you for your heart. And thank you for the opportunity to share about Compassion's program for children. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.